0: Game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Miller mishandles it. Oilers bring it out. Fogle two on one with Drysidle and over the line. The shot saved by Quick. It's behind them. In front scores. Ryan McLeod follows the play and Edmonton is up.
1: 4-1. Ryan McLeod is fifth of the season, third in the last two games. That turns out to be the game winner tonight as the Oilers beat the New York Rangers 4-3. For the second straight night, the Oilers come from behind with four goals in the third period. And for the second straight season, they score four goals in the third period on the road against the Rangers to win 4-3. Last year they were down 3-0 after two. This year they were just down 1-0. As you heard Mooner with the call there, they went up 4-1. The Rangers got uh, one back with 4-18. The third one didn't cross the line until there was literally a tenth of the second left. So a bit of a window dressing goal, but it does count. So it goes into the books as a 4-3 victory for Edmonton. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Hartland Ford, overtime open line. Merry Christmas, everybody. Jonathan Quick was the story. After two periods and then the Oilers figured him out in dramatic fashion four goals in 6 minutes and 45 seconds.
2: Yeah, they figured him out with continued good play, uh, a couple bounces, a couple breaks, some poor defensive play by by the Rangers and when you again we talked about this last night in New Jersey when you're continually under duress and stress, eventually you break. And in the second period, especially the last seven, eight minutes, it was all Edmonton. And probably could have had two, three, four goals. And Quick was that good. And then the start of the, the third period, again, they, they come at it, and all of a sudden, some poor breakdowns by the Rangers. Uh, a nice play at home with a give-and-go with Hyman that it was... The Rangers had three guys back all in front of the net, yet Hyman ends up with a breakaway. And the one thing that he has shown over his couple of years here, he's got a very good forehand-to-backhand upstairs move. He beats quick. Right after, there's a face-off play. And this is where the Oilers needed a bit of a break. The... Quick, unable to handle the first shot, and that's on quick. If he covers the puck, it wasn't very hard. Kane shot. If he covers the puck, everything's fine. He doesn't. It bounces out again, and then the puck goes off a defender, and he fools them. and all of a sudden, uh, the Rangers started to crumble at that point. But the Oilers just kept putting pressure, putting pressure, putting pucks on net. And uh, the New York Rangers played sloppy at times, and eventually it caught up to them. So 4-3,
1: the Oilers take it. You know what? I, I, you mentioned the pass by Matthias Ekholm. I'm going to make him the fourth star right off the top here for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Four assists in the last three games for the Viking. Plus two tonight, played 21:07, a minute 43 of it shorthanded, and had four blocked shots. He was very and he, good. And he's made, he makes good passes. Well,
2: the, the play that he made, the, the Hyman given to go, that, that was just pretty. It really was. And uh, there's so many other options that were easier and probably more visible for Ekholm. But he made uh, the best one. And he just, Hyman standing there by himself, he had to go underneath the stick. Uh, some players would have just shot it. Some players would have thrown I mean, Nugent Hopkins was there as well. But he he, he and Hyman play give and go. And Hyman scores a goal. Ekholm excellent. He had the, the biggest hit of the game. He just about. Killed the poor Goudreau, who's already wearing a full mask. He sent him flying into the boards. Ekholm was good in this hockey game, as where, you know, the, the entire team was even down 1 nothing after two periods. The Oilers had played well, uh, but Ekholm uh, gave him a solid, solid. What did he play, 22, 23 minutes? 21-07, yeah. There you go, 21 on the back end and was very good in a game that they needed that because it, for a long time this was a one-goal game. The Oilers could not afford to fall down another. McLeod,
1: the third star, Fogel, the second star, both had a goal and an assist, and Skinner is named the first star tonight, so it'll be 31 saves on 34 shots. Kind of a bummer that last one went in, but a big reason why it stayed well, I mean, I mean, really, both goalies in the second period. Uh, yep. Quick was excellent, not allowing the Oilers to tie the game, especially on their power plays in the second half of the period. And Skinner made some very good saves to prevent the Rangers from going up too.
2: Well, there was the Zabinajad one back door, wide open net. Uh, if he won times, he probably scores, but he has the whole net, doesn't get all of it. But Skinner stays with it, gets the the blocker and the the paddle out, stops it from going in. Two on one. Well, the Oilers are on a power play. They give up the two on one, and Kreider. Really nice goal score. I think he scored 50 last year, the year before he comes in. All the time in the world, Skinner gets across on that one. So there were those saves that the Oilers have needed earlier in the season, they weren't getting big saves at big moments. Uh, Skinner certainly gave them those saves tonight. And a big reason that the Oilers were able to. Mount their comeback again in the third period, The same can be said about Pickard last night. You know, the, the Oilers were behind going in the third, but he made enough saves to allow his team to stay around, and that's all you want from your starting goalie.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's part of the change here. I mean, it's uh, it's I've never seen a team play a perfect game. Nope. And uh, most games aren't shutouts, so teams do <laughs> allow goals. Uh, but that's, I, th- I, I think... There are fewer risks, fewer gambles. Mm-hmm. We saw a couple tonight where it's like, "Oh, you bet!" Maybe the Oilers should not have done that, but the Rangers did that too. And then, uh, they're, so they're not giving up as many odd man yep. rushes. And then, like you said, the, the the big save at the right time.
2: Hey, well, the the Rangers got that through the first forty minutes. Big saves at the right time. It, it's funny. I, I know that we as Oilers media, Oilers fans, are always critical of the mistakes that your team makes. The Rangers are the best team or one of the top three teams in the National Hockey League. They made a whole heap of mistakes. The Oilers had a a ton of odd man breaks. Didn't capitalize on them all, but they had a ton of them. So good teams do make mistakes. Sometimes you need a goalie to bail you out. Sometimes you just need a little bit of luck. Uh, Tonight, the Rangers through 40 minutes had a lot of luck and a lot of good saves to keep them in the lead. But at no point in this game... Did you feel that the Rangers were the better team? I think there was at times through 40 minutes that you thought both teams are playing well, but at no point did you think, okay, this game's done. And we did the last time these two teams played together in Edmonton. We never thought the Oilers were coming back when they were down a couple in that one. But tonight, uh, again, the best part about the Oilers in their last two games, Jersey, four-line score. Rangers, three-line score. They've broken the lines up. They've changed them around a bit. Uh, they put some speed with Leon Settle, bump Kane down, and whatever Knobloch has got in his magic blender has worked the last couple games. Two games the Oilers needed, two games the Oilers got.
1: 4-3. The
2: Oilers win it tonight, so they're 15-15-1 on the season.
1: The Rangers are now 22 Eight and one. The Oilers have won 10 of their last 13. So they won eight in a row, lost three in a row, won two since then. They are 12 and six with Chris Knobloch as the head coach. If they get two-thirds of their points the rest of the way, they'll be fine if, if they play at that pace. Great. So. They're going to be fine. No, I'm just saying, no, I understand if they that. get two thirds of their points, that's actually quite good. That's very good. No, it's that's very good. That's but very I, good. I'm
2: still also telling you, they're going to be fine.
1: All right, let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Need one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780 250 HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Here is Chris Knobloch.
3: But what did you make of your goaltender's play, especially in that second period? You no,
4: know, Stuart uh, gave us an opportunity to win tonight. Um, you know, I thought we were very flat in the first period and started the second. He held, uh, held the score down until just one against and uh, made some really big saves and we were able to build a game and played much better in the second half of the game but it wouldn't have been possible without um, Stewart's um, saves that he made. What's the messaging and communication like on the bench during play and
3: then maybe in the locker room after 20 minutes of play when your goaltender is going and like you said your team is
4: flat? to simplify our game and get more pucks behind their defense and establish a forecheck. check um you know we um they came out hard and they're fast and big team and didn't give us much room um as the game went on we started to give ourselves some more room to make some plays but um you know i, I like that we stuck with it and obviously in the third period um that was you know our strongest push able to kind of wrap up the trip, I know is a disappointing uh, beginning but how do you like the way the team uh, responded against some very good hockey clubs out east? Yeah, no, um, not too often you get back to back, well first of all you don't get very many um, come from behind wins in the third period, when you're trailing very difficult to win games and we were able to do that um, two nights and back to back so it's even uh, less likely, so I liked our guys perseverance um they've worked hard and stuck with the game plan and they deserve a nice little break for the christmas um for christmas break and um you know we're looking forward to getting started again
3: in your eyes what do you think are some of the biggest reasons your second line is having the success they have
4: um well i think a lot of it um obviously leon's an exceptional player and one of the best in the league and um you know and he'll he'll always be making plays um but i think with uh, fogel mcleod the speed just creating a lot more turnovers um and also with their speed is pushing the defense back gives leon a little more room to make those plays uh, especially entering the offensive zone um but right now they're just working hard and you know they're, they're capitalizing on their chances what was it like beating the franchise and organization you spent so much time in um <laughs> I'll just say it, they all feel good. Uh, right now, we're trying to climb up in the standings. Uh, very important two, two points, especially going into the break. And, um, yeah, hopefully um, some guys get some well-deserved rest and we'll be ready for our next road trip. What about the coach? I think this will be your first chance to to get home in the last... Six weeks, uh, will you get a chance to rest or will your mind already be thinking about uh, uh, post-break games? I think I'll have a couple days that I can put it behind. It's been, um, you know, I think I left uh, November 13th, so it's been a while. But now it's um, go home and spend some time with the family. It'll It'll be a nice treat for me. Did you already get your Christmas shopping done? Fortunately, my wife is uh, is very understanding and really m- the most valuable in our family. Um, she helped me out with a lot of that. Um, I did do some Christmas shopping, but um, I kind of got a pass this year. Thanks, Chris. Enjoy your drink. Thank you.
1: All right, there's hockey and Christmas shopping provided <laughs> by Chris Knoblock, the head coach of the victorious Edmonton Oilers four three tonight against the New York Rangers. So the third period outburst Hyman from Eckholm and McDavid, nineteen goals now for Hyman. That was at three oh seven. A minute ten later, Kane gets his thirteenth from Ryan at six thirty six. Fogel from McLeod and Cece Fogel just ripped it past Quick's blocker couple minutes later he tried to do the same thing the puck was actually in behind quick the Rangers tried to bat it out it hit quick went to the side of the net and Fogel stayed with it and tapped it back in front of the net and actually Zibanejad was trying to play goal and uh, McLeod beat him at 9.52 so those were the four goals in 6.45 I mentioned something to you during the game I was hoping you can touch on yesterday mm-hmm. the opening goal of the game Jan marks forechecking Gagne sets up McLeod And then on the Kane goal, Janmark actually prevented the Ranger defenseman from clearing the puck, and the rebound went to Kane. So two two plays Janmark's involved in keeping the puck alive... Didn't get an assist on either one.
2: Well, one of the reasons uh, coaches love a player like Yanmark is his attention to detail, doing the little things. Uh, I mean, Yanmark's not here to score 25 goals. Uh, he he's not here to to uh, carry a line offensively. The reason he gets ice time. Is the trust the coach has in him in doing all the little things right? And you're you're absolutely right. We're just watching the replay of it right now. Off the face-off, a Ranger defenseman was about to shoot the puck out, and Yanmark lifted up his stick. Very unselfish play that allowed to keep the play alive. So, Yanmark uh, just does little things. He's a professional. He understands what his role, and and he's very good at his role. Uh, I don't know if anyone had the Yanmark Ryan. Evander Kane line is a line you would see in game 30 or wherever we are on the season, but that line came through with a, a big goal in the third period. It wasn't pretty, but it was off a face-off one, a good little forecheck by Janmark, and then Kane staying with the puck and getting two shots. It was lucky. It, I mean, it, they got a very fortunate bounce to change the direction off a Ranger defenseman's stick, but they kept a play alive. And that's something that I think in the last couple of games that you've seen the the Oilers do. Obviously, the McDavid line does it consistently. But all the lines keeping plays alive in the offensive zone. Every time you create a turnover, you create another chance to score a goal. And tonight in the third period, the Oilers just hounded the puck everywhere they went and found four different times to put the puck in the back of the net.
1: Now, if they only could have scored an empty netter, we would have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630ched.com. That's activated whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. This was a 4-3 win. The Japanese Village Goal Light allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.com. CA. And the guys who had the chances at the empty <laughs> net, I mean, it wasn't the, the fourth line out there. It was uh, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman. Kane. Kane shot it K- down. Kane shot one down. Nurse, while well, shorthanded, fired one. Yep. I mean, might as well. Now, it's a, a little more, uh, we can laugh about it because the Oilers won. And when the Rangers first pulled the goalie, it was a three-goal lead. Yes. And then the the McDavid, Nugent Hopkins flurry was with a, with was a two-goal lead. Honestly,
2: yeah. it was shocking they didn't put the, the puck in the net. It would be one of those ones that... If you said to McDavid and Newton because you got 30 seconds, so many times you can put the puck in the net, they probably have 25 goals. Even against defenders. Yeah. yeah, against defenders. And then the last one, uh, it was icing, but McDavid was out by center and he, he easily outraced the icing call. And then he just kind of nonchalant skated to go put it in the empty net and hit the post. Uh, I mean, I honestly, read, if you would have said, if you would have pushed pause on the TV and said, "I will bet you your house he doesn't score," I might have taken that bet. <laughs> there, Connor McDavid with a wide open net, and uh, shocked. But it, it didn't matter. So he'll put that one in the the saved on the back of his stick. Said, "Okay, I got a saved goal in here. I'll use it a much more important time." Uh, but it was a it was a flurry that the Rangers played more or less without a goalie from five, about five minutes Uh, left. Five
1: 53 when McLeod took the penalty. Yeah.
2: So six minutes to go in the, in the game when they went without a goaltender and they created chances. But again, the Oilers, uh, back to back games, totally deserve to win the hockey games. This team, I know that Bob said, is this a turning point? I still think that this is just a continuation of what they've done now for the last, what did you say? It's now 10 and 3. Well,
1: they're 10 and 3 in their last yeah. 13. Weird how they got there. But, yeah. Win 8, lose 3, win 2. I mean, if you could have been win 3, lose 1, win 2, lose 1, maybe there, there wouldn't have been sort of the concern along the way. But it, that is a very good run.
2: Yeah, it's a, 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 well, that's a run that wins you a division. If you do that over the course of an entire season, uh, possibly a conference. So they're playing well, and they're continuing to do the right things. And this is the Oilers that we've seen in the last couple of years where they're never out of a game because of their power play, because of McDavid, because of Dreisaitl, Uh If they're within two or even three going into a third period, you feel there's a chance. And what you also have to like is the, the goaltending that the others got in the two games. Pickard came in and got a win in New Jersey, and then Stuart Skinner comes in tonight, and I know he let in three, but one was on a six-on-four that uh, eight guys were piled on top of him when the puck got pushed in. And then one was with, he, you said it was .1 seconds. It was actually .1 half of it, one second because it was your we're watching it on the replay and we're like hey, it's already point one. when does the puck get across so it was so so close uh, he was a little frustrated by it but at the end of the day wins are everything baby and that was a big win for the Edmonton Oilers
1: alright they're 15th of the season they're 15-15-1 you're going to hear from Stuart Skinner you'll hear from Warren Fogle as well and we're happy to hear from you on our final game broadcast before Christmas the hotline is 780-496-0063 presented by teams. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system CertainTeed Pro all the way. Back in a couple of minutes for more Heartland Ford Overtime Open
0: Line. Five, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Panera now side of the neck rider. Across. Oh, what a stop by Skinner. Off of advantage at Right on the doorstep. Yeah,
1: that's the stop. Rob was talking about about a minute 17 into the second period. That Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. He backstops the Oilers to victory tonight with 31 stops. His record on the season improves to 12-9-1. Here he is.
3: Stewart. I know you mentioned uh, after one of your previous losses that sometimes as a goaltender, the beauty of it is you can win hockey games for your team and sometimes you can unfortunately lose hockey games for your team. I think it's safe to say that you won your hockey team the winter tonight especially with that second period performance what did you make of that
5: uh, yeah thank you um, no it uh, yeah it just felt pretty good in there uh, again the guys did a great job the uh, PK was sharp again tonight um, and I thought uh, I mean obviously you got to score goals to win games too so uh, good props for the guys uh, in front of me explain what it's like to be in the zone as a starting net in this league uh, it's the best feeling in the world, to be honest. Um, I love it. Uh, it's a, it's an addicting feeling, um, to say the least. So uh, you you try to feel like that every night.
3: What did you see on that blocker stop early on in the second period that kind of maybe fueled your confidence
5: throughout the rest of the game? Oh, the. Uh on the PK there yeah it was uh it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny uh, Zabana Jed came up to me after after knocking not knock, almost knocking me out and he uh, I made the save and he was like all right we're even now so we can we can call it square and made me laugh so um, no they they're really nice about it actually after that whole thing happened a lot of their team came up to me asked if I was all right which was uh, I thought uh, really professional and kind of them you and your team are going up against one of the
3: highest powered offenses in the National Hockey League as a goaltender how much do you get up for challenges like that
5: yeah it's huge um you know they're a great team especially uh, as of right now they've been very hot uh especially offensively and i mean defensively too uh, i mean you saw quickie out there tonight too i think i mean if it wasn't for him in the second period too you, you know we could have uh, ran away with it so um, they're a great team and you can see that how they play tonight. You found
3: yourselves down by one once again after 40 minutes of play but for the second straight game you guys win. What does that say about this group?
5: Yeah I think a lot of resiliency um, not changing. I think that's uh, that's been something that we've been working on for I think years um, as an organization and you can, you can really see that we're coming along and we're really mature about uh, the game and we play the same way even if we're down one goal or up five
6: to get these two wins these
1: last two nights to get you know, finish this road trip, this part of it anyway. How nice is that going back?
5: It's massive. Uh, it makes you feel a lot better going into Christmas time too. Um, you know, you get to spend uh, spend some time with the family and, and not think, uh, you know, not be too hard on yourself uh, through the break. So, so it's nice to get this win and feel good about it. Well, yeah,
1: feel the Oilers uh, feeling good after the loss against the Islanders. They beat the Devils and Rangers on back-to-back nights with four goal third periods. On both occasions, and, I mean, quick goals <laughs> for for the most part. Uh, I mean, against the Devils, it was uh, four goals in eight minutes and four seconds, and then tonight it's four goals in 6.45.
2: Well, the only way you're going to do that, Reed, is if you have – multiple lines going. Uh, when you score three goals in 69 seconds last night, I mean, they just kept rolling the next line. Alright, it's my turn now. Let's go out there and do it. And tonight uh, they're getting production throughout their lineup. You want to be a good hockey club that uh, not only makes the playoffs, but makes noise in the playoffs. Well, you have to have uh, consistency throughout the lineup. You, We've seen when the Oilers were a one-line team that they didn't get as far as they wanted in the playoffs. Because eventually they'll that top line will have an off night or it'll be shut out and there's no one else picking up the slack. Good teams, teams that win championship, teams that go three, four rounds deep in a playoff are teams that have top to bottom, where if your first line's not there, well, tonight the fourth line's going to pick you up. Second's playing well. Well, here comes the third line now. So uh, the Oilers are trying to get there. They're not there yet, but the Oilers are playing much better hockey from top to bottom. They're trying to figure it out line-wise. Now, I would imagine coming out of the break, the lines that you saw the last two games will be the lines that start on this California road trip and should be. 4-3,
1: Four three, the Oilers. Win it. The play Skinner was talking about, by the way. Uh, well, just before he made that save, uh, Zdenek took the big one timer. It hit Skinner in the mask. He kind of bent forward. You could see on the replay the strap on his mask broke. He shook his head, so his mask came off. The puck went to the other side, and Panarin shot it in off the stick of Nurse. The the whistle. Kind of went as Panarin was shooting the puck. They're supposed to blow it dead whenever the goal of these mask comes off. There was a quick review. You may have heard them announce it for to check for continuation. And this was a rule that came in, uh, I think, three or four years ago, that the whistle, uh, the puck can go in after the whistle, basically if it was going to go in anyway. So, but the, I think they made the right calling. But but a couple of years ago. People might remember this. The Oilers had an early season road trip through New York, and they uh, beat New Jersey in a shootout, and they tied it late in the third period. They pulled the goalie, and McDavid jammed in a rebound. And it was one of those the ref couldn't see that the puck wasn't covered. He thought the goalie had it. He blew his whistle, but the whistle didn't sound until after McDavid had shot the puck under the goalie. There's no one nearby who could have stopped it, so they, they said, that's, that's a goal. The puck, I, I shouldn't have blown the whistle, and me blowing the whistle didn't affect what anybody on the ice did. Well, it's funny. So that one counted. This one, they checked for well, that, but it, it well, was Oh, this one,
2: I don't know why they even checked. I mean, the puck bounced all the way out, and he shot it into an empty net uh, well after the play had been dead. Uh, it's funny, though. There used to be, a, a, and I think there probably still is, where the puck could go in before the whistle went, but the ref said I was about to blow the whistle. The intention, yes. The intention, of which is like, hey, wait a second, you were intending to blow the whistle. Well, I intended to score last time, and I missed it. <laughs> so do I get to count that? But I know there, there was the right call. And and give credit to, and Skinner talked about it, to the Ranger players coming up. Uh, it is a game at the end of the day, and you want to make sure that no one on the opposition gets hurt. That was a wicked shot by Zabanajad, He's a great player. He's a fantastic well, player. Well, we should
1: go to talk about the pass he made to Wheeler in the first period.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, at one point you're thinking, is this going to be the one goal that's going to be scored in tonight's hockey game? Uh, rimmed around the boards. He's skating behind that. He's going one way. He tips the puck so that it goes right out in front of the net. Everyone on the Oilers. It's funny, when you watch the replay, you see CC and all the Oilers looking at Zabanajad coming out the other side. Meanwhile, he'd already sent the puck back door to Wheeler. That's as pretty as it comes. That was a wonderful play. I mean, Zibanejad, in a game that they lose 4-3, he had a goal and assist. He was very good in this hockey game. But the one thing you and I talked about at the end of the second period, we said there were too many grade-A scoring chances for this to be a one nothing hockey right. game. There will be goals scored in the third. I wasn't planning on there being six goals scored in the third period. But... The, the 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 goaltenders were all world through 40 minutes. Eventually, the skill and talent uh, was going to put the puck in the back of the net, and it did six times through in the third.
1: Yeah, when you saw Wheeler's reaction to that pass by Zibanejad, and it was one of those, you just marvel at the touch. You know, it's it's almost it was almost like a, watching a golfer chip in out of the rough, where you're thinking, I would just want to get it on the green, you know, I'd be happy with a 25 foot. It was almost like because it, like it was like, okay, I have to touch 47% of the puck. 46 yep. or 4 or yep.
2: 48 won't work. Well, and, and what he has to do too, he's watching, uh, I, I'm not sure, who, I think it was Kreider that rifled it around, so he's watching the guy rifling it around the boards. So he's got to watch where the puck is coming. At the same time, know where the guy is behind him. And get the puck to that exact spot. Wheeler's not yelling for that. He's got to know. Zabadajad's got to know where he is, and he put it right on the stick. It was like an absolute perfect pass. Again, Skinner eventually was coming across. If Wheeler has to stop that or kick it up from his feet to his stick, Skinner's there. But it was a perfect play and a pretty, pretty uh, goal for the New York Rangers that uh, held up for 40 minutes, but unfortunately for them, that was the last of the leads that they would have in the in the game.
1: Oilers win at 4-3. We'll go to the certainty hotline. We have Greg standing by. Greg, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys, i got
6: a couple things. Thank God for that fourth goal, hey, because that would have not been fun going into overtime with point one second left. So, uh, and the other question I have for you guys is um, – is it just me or does uh, Kane look a little unhappy? I mean, he didn't really celebrate his goal, and I don't know if it's because he's playing on the third line or whatever. But he just doesn't. Even his interview tonight, he didn't seem like he was the you know jumpy, happy Vander Kane that we're used to seeing. So yeah. I want your guys' opinion on well, that.
1: I, well, I said that to Rob yep. or one of us said it that but man, he didn't really
2: no, it was, celebrate very much. It was very noticeable. We have uh, Reed and I haven't heard the interview tonight. I saw we have the TV on, but we have our headsets on. I saw the interview. Yeah, and we I, got some tape coming up. And I. Was was wondering what he would sound like but 100% it it looked like um, it looked like he got the eighth goal in an 8-1 win yeah and and, and that was a huge goal at that moment I mean it was the second goal he just took the lead in a great game in Madison Square Garden's last game before the Christmas break Uh, his body language after the goal to me says he yeah I'm not happy um, I don't know much more than that, but uh, well, let's just say, Greg, I think you're right. <laughs> but they're they're winning. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, but and it, 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 it's funny because I I'm, I text with buddies during the game and Strud- there were, Strudwick. <laughs> I do I do uh, with Strud's too quite often. Um, but I, people are actually during the game like, why is Kane playing on the line? He's playing. I said, well, that's where he deserves to be right now. He's being outplayed by Fogel, He's being outplayed by McLeod. Uh, Obviously, the first line is untouchable right now. Um, And it's, this is a team that's desperate for points. And uh, Knobloch, I mean, he sat out Brown, uh, a big signing in the off season. He is playing lines together that he feels gives them the best chance of winning. And right now, Kane played a number of games with Drysaddle and with McDavid, and nothing was happening. He has not looked like the same player in the last, 8 to 10 games, I think we saw on the Sportsnet side, that's his first even strength goal in 12 games. Kane needs to be an effective player going forward if this is gonna be a championship type team. But right now, if you're based on your ice time and your line mates based on who's playing better, I think Chris Knobloch has done a very good job of putting the players where they belong. And if you look at the last two games, Every line scored in New Jersey. Yeah. Three lines scored tonight. So, yeah, I, I I do not discount what Greg just said right there. Oilers win at 4-3.
1: You will hear from Evander Kane, also from Warren Fogle. If you're on hold on the Certainty Hotline, stay there. We will get to you. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Hockey is brought to you by The Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Kits to the top of the circle. Oh. Shot by Kane. He'll get his rebound. Scars. A man- Kane has given the Oilers a 2-1 lead.
1: Part of that big rally in the third period, Oilers beat the Rangers 4-3.
7: Here's Evander Kane.
3: Once again, being down by one after 40 minutes of play and then finding a way back in the win column.
7: Yeah, I mean, that's just it. We we found a way to win uh, a couple nights in a row and we're going to need to do a a lot more of that uh, if you want to make the playoffs. How good was it to get the goal column once again? Yeah, you know, it's... uh, Nice to, nice to get in the score sheet, you know, limited minutes. Um, I thought our line did a, did a good job. You know, Derek Ryan was uh, great in the faceoff circle, and uh, obviously Yanni doing what he does best, uh, kind of up and down, and and, and getting uh, pucks out of the corners there down low, and um, we were able to find one, so that was nice. What was the biggest reason for the turnaround in the uh, second and third period? I mean, I mean we we had some, some good uh, big goal by Himes, obviously, to kind of crack their seal a little bit and, and, and get us on the board and um you know after that the the floodgates are open so um guys are finishing all their opportunities. Do you win this game without Stuart Skinner? I mean obviously not. I mean he was uh really good in the first and and, and somehow even better in the second. Um some really good uh, east west saves uh to keep it one nothing, and and, and obviously uh, gave us a chance to hang around, so we could get the job done the third.
3: When your goaltender is battling like that, when maybe things aren't
7: clicking offensively or as much as
3: you hope, as a team, what does that do in the be- on the bench and in the locker room?
7: Well, I mean, it, it's obviously uh, you know you you, you hope uh, everybody can perform well, but obviously the goalie's is a big part of the game, and um, you know like I said, when when he can. Stymie some of the offensive chances that the other team has, uh, and, and keep the game tight. Uh, you know, it obviously gives us uh, an opportunity to strike back and, and, and hang around, like I said. And um, you know, when we got our opportunities in the third, we, we made uh, good on them. All right, that's uh, Vander Kane,
1: who noted limited minutes. Uh, played 14:40. He's been averaging 18 minutes a game coming into. This one. And he complimented Derek Ryan in the face-off circle. Well, we should have already done this because he went seven for seven.
2: Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I I don't uh, – there's a lot of things that Kane does well for the team. And as I said earlier, if this team wants to be a championship team, uh, they need a lot from Evander Kane. He brings them a swagger. But as a, a team and a teammate, I, I don't like those kind of comments because – when Kane's playing 18 minutes or 20 minutes, there's guys that are playing 6, 7. There's guys that are playing 10, 11. And I don't think they... I don't think Hamlin should come on. He scored, I scored a goal tonight. I did it in limited minutes, Reed, But, uh, you know, I, I did my job. And that's not right. Um, this is a big win for the team. And it should be celebrated, the big win. Uh, you can tell in his voice. There's some frustration. Uh, and, and, okay, this is... From what I see, I can't say he's frustrated. From what I see, it looks like he's frustrated. Mm -hmm. The fact that he didn't celebrate after the goal looks like he's frustrated with his role on the team right now. But this is a team that's won the last two games, and the role he has right now was given to him because things weren't going like they'd wanted from him. They needed more. So they moved someone else into the spot with Leon Dreisettel. So uh, I can understand the frustration, but I don't... Again, I don't like anything public. I I, I think if you don't like your minutes, you go to the coach. Coach, I want to play more. What do I got to do? And then you go out and do that for him. I just, uh, I just, things like that. It's just, you don't need little cracks. In a team right now that has been fragile a lot of the year, and right now everything's i mean, this is going good. They're ten and three. They just won two in a row on the road in two hard cities before Christmas, and they got a great chance coming out of it, playing a couple weaker teams in Anaheim and San Jose. So uh, now I know when Greg called and said, "Hey, in his in in his interview, he looked like this or sounded like this." Well, now we know what Greg was talking about.
1: So, four goals tonight for the Oilers. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Fill in the net with 100 bucks to 630 jet Centers Anonymous for every Oilers goal. We'll go back to the phone lines. We have Brock standing by. Hey,
6: Brock, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Love the show. Just got a couple uh, couple little tidbits uh, to leave with you guys Uh the, the boys are, we, we got no problem coming back. Firepower, everything. There seems something switched ever since coffee kind of over with the defense. They seem more uh, urgent. They seem more, you know, they just seem a little more sync. But uh, is, is a goalie on the wish list? for Santa like is I heard Vladar uh, is there, would there is there anything behind that
2: would well, you are, I, I yeah I don't
6: know I, I hadn't heard that as much
1: I hear a lot of different things and read a lot of different things I, I, I honestly had not heard that one as either. much as some other names um,
2: again uh, I, the Oilers have no cap room so they will have to be creative uh, and they will have to have someone Wanting to take away money from them to bring in a goaltender. The Oilers would love to have another goaltender with Stuart Skinner, 100%. Is it possible? Is it going to be a 1A? Is it going to be a 1B? Is it going to be a backup? I don't know. Uh, They would love that. And uh, to me, they still have some time. But come February, when they have a lot of back-to-back and they have Uh a lot of games, that's where Skinner is going to need more rest. And uh, the backup goaltender, whoever it may be, will get a lot more games. Uh, I have never heard Vladar and I'd be surprised if if the Calgary Flames traded him up the street to the Edmonton Oilers. But uh, I would imagine that Ken Holland is looking everywhere to see what his best options are for another goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Kent is a winner tonight of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at 10 minutes into the game. When would the Oilers score their first goal? I said, if you thought it would be earlier, put in under. After that, take the over. Kent took the over. It was well Way over. over. They It, it took them, uh, how long did it take? 40. Uh, 43 minutes and 50 uh, Forty-three minutes and seven seconds to score a goal. That's over ten. But then they got a whole bunch, <laughs> so <laughs> it added up to a four-three win over the Rangers. We have Sir Robert on the Certainty Hotline as well. Sir Robert, go ahead.
8: Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well, obviously, I thought. Uh, no, I guess uh, uh, the one difference I would say is that I'm noticing slightly under. Under uh, knoblock, as opposed to uh, as opposed to when the season started and the team was struggling, I kind of you found like that, like uh, like uh, there was games where the team would hang around, but then they would find a way to lose. Yeah, and, and it's like uh, you know, and like uh, on like a, uh, you know, like and I heard that said that you know that like that you know that like they're uh, uh, you know like they're finding way to you know like they're finding ways to lose instead of finding ways to win. But now but now it seems like the opposite. It's like they're finding ways in games where they hang around, now they're pulling them out. Even when they, and well, and again, I wanna to touch on this, I saying like, uh, you know, usually it's a lot of, uh, you know, heavily relying on the power play to win them a game. While these two nights back to back, they didn't score a power play goal in the third period. Still won
1: both games. So. Oh, I'm going to tell you here something, sir, Robert. I'm just double checking. They did not score a power play goal on this road trip, did they? 0 uh, nope, okay. for, for 4 0 for 2 and 0 for 2 with a shorthanded goal against so yeah. it's good they could win 2 of the 3 without getting a power play goal. The power play update for Conlin Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlin Motorsports 4 locations across Alberta or online at Uh Yeah the others 0 for 2. Rangers were 1 for 3 they actually had it on a, a 6 on 4 because they pulled the goaltender the Rangers the number 1 power play in the league uh, you can see why they're very good. They move yes. it around they move it around quick they shoot hard <laughs> they <laughs> shoot accurately and and that's the one thing rob i, I it, the you have to I, I feel like when i'm watching some teams have the power play and you want to control the puck and you want that side to side passed and there's time and space to make it because you're on the power play but if you pass it slowly, while well, the box moves over, the goalie moves over, and that's why the Oilers, and we see the Rangers are good, like, they have some guys who can make hard, like, a lot of times when Drysettle has one-timed his goals in, or even a couple of the shots he had today, those passes are going to him hot, like, they're almost well, 100%. The, the speed of a shot
2: themselves. Well, and, and you also have to have threats on both sides. If, if you have only a passer... Uh, On one side, the goalie already is going to start cheating to the side where the puck's going. Okay, this guy's never going to shoot from here. I know he never shoots. He's going to go across, so I'm already starting my move. But for the Oilers and for the Rangers, they got Panarin and they got Zabedajad. Both guys shoot from distance. Consistently, So you can't cheat. You actually, you have to respect that he might shoot from there. And then when you zip it across, they're not stopping it. Both those, Panarin and Zabinijad, they one-time hard passes. And, I mean, the one that hit Skinner in the head, I mean, that was a a bomb across and then a bomb shot. And it's just, and then throw in the fact, if you want to have an elite power, you can have a good power play with, you know, three or four good players. You want an elite power play, you need a great defenseman, or you need a great offensive defenseman on the back. The Oilers got a very good offensive defenseman in Bouchard. The Rangers have an elite defenseman in Adam Fox. And now all of a sudden you got a quarterback back there who he can score from distance as well, and he makes the plays. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, again, uh, You got the last two games you had the three of the best power plays in the world, and we've seen. Well, we did well, the see. Devils didn't get a power play. Didn't get a power play, and then tonight the Rangers did, but they needed to have an extra guy out there, six on well, four, that's a good point. for their power play to finally click. So, uh, yeah, no, it, I guess I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, the Oilers got four to six points on the road against three good teams with zero power play goals, and actually. Being minus one on their power play uh, again, that bodes well going forward.
1: Four three, the Oilers win tonight against the Rangers. So Edmonton's record now 15-15 and one. We'll get to Daniel on the Certainty Hotline, and you'll hear from Warren Fogle on Heartland Ford Overtime Open
0: Line. Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. McLeod into the Rangers zone. Now to Fogel. to the middle. Scores! Warren Fogel with a laser beam pass quick on the stick side. Yeah, Fogel, a goal
1: and an assist. That was his fifth of the season, helping the Oilers beat the Rangers 4-3. You'll hear from Fogel in a minute here. But first, back to the certainty hotline, we have Daniel standing by.
6: Hey, Daniel, go ahead. Hey, yeah, boys, how you going? Good. I'm calling from Brisbane, Australia here. I just sure. want to say thanks for um, the 6.30 Ched broadcast because I listened to it and it sounded like a cracker of a game. <laughs> um, and, Rob, you can you can, you can also tell um, Studdy that we don't have shrimps on a barbie. We have prawns on a barbie here.
2: I'll tell Struddy um, that. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, Good to see the boys have got it back on the
6: rails again, especially before Christmas. Um, I've got a question more around the financial penalty that they get for big hits and all that sort of stuff. Um, Why do they have a financial amount opposed to a percentage? So instead of $5,000, why don't they have like 5%? Because then it doesn't matter what the salary of the player is, it's going to be the same pain.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, because the max fine, like you have these guys making $8, 9000000 million, they were fined $5,000, the maximum allowable under the, the CBA. I assume the players would prefer it that way.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that would be, for anything like that to change, they would have to get the Players Association to agree to it. And here's what's funny. The Players Association will fight against it because they think they're protecting the players. But the, to me it's I, I think it's the opposite. I want the, the, the players, the small percentage of players that do stupid things, I want them find more. And I think that is a players association. You're now protecting the mass of the players who don't do the stupid things. So I agree one hundred percent. Make and make five thousand dollars means nothing to a guy making nine million dollars a year. When guys are signing for fifty million dollars, uh, five thousand dollars is not det- it's not gonna be detrimental to you to I'm, you know, I'm not gonna slash guy because 5000 might my kid might not get christmas present this year so I, I i agree that's 100% i agree but i don't think it'll come and i think it's foolish because the nhlpa will fight against it which i think is counterproductive
1: Daniel are you still there? Yeah yeah I'm still here. So how did you get to be an Oilers fan? Um I came
6: over in 85 um, and one of my cousins worked for the NHL, and I saw my first Oilers game, and I met a bloke called Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of followed him since then. That's an awesome
1: story, Daniel. Thanks. So, what time is it? Yeah,
6: yeah. Uh, it's two twenty-two on Saturday afternoon. About. 32 degrees, Celsius. here. Oh, awesome. Beautiful.
1: Well, th- this is really cool. We we have found we've had a surprising amount of Oilers fans from Australia over the years. So thank you very much for chiming in, Daniel. No uh,
6: Merry Christmas, boys. Merry, Merry
1: Christmas. Christmas. That is Daniel on the CertainTeed Hotline. All right, we'll uh, take one more timeout. You'll hear from Warren Fogle as the Oilers win 4-3 on the road against the New York Rangers. This is Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 Chad. Checking the scoreboard
1: provided by Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Red Wings scored five times in the first period and then had to score in the third to send it to overtime, and then they beat the Flyers 7-6 in a shootout. Jets ring up the Bruins 5-1. Canadians dump the Blackhawks 5-2. And right here on six thirty, 30 Chet, the Oilers score four goals in the third period to beat the Rangers 4-3, one of them by this guy, Warren Fogle.
3: Warren, was that one of the most exuberant celebrations you've had in your NHL career? Uh, No,
9: I just, you know, that one just felt nice to finally go in. I think the shift before, I I just hit one right off the post, and, um, you know, the season's long, you know, so sometimes you get bounces, sometimes you don't, so it just felt nice to finally uh, contribute in that way.
3: What do you make of the play of your goaltender,
9: especially in that second period? Yeah, Stu kept us into that game. Um, You know, they were pressing hard that first uh, 10 minutes of the second, and, um, you know, you need that you know if you're gonna win games and you know he was awesome tonight and um yeah why do you think the line of you leon and ryan works so well um you know i, I you know we've, we've only we barely played together but i think just um you know those guys are both so smart and you know i think kevin clowder with us brings a lot of speed you know and it opens up lanes and um you know we're both just trying to get open and, and, and help leo out there you know he's such a great passer and you saw tonight how many great plays he made and um, you know, it's nice that they're going in, and hopefully we can continue that. Are you being more intentional with getting your shot
3: off this season?
9: Uh, yeah. Uh, right before, right before that, uh, you know, I had Dave on the bench. I, I tried making a pass on the two-on-one, and he said to me like, "Why aren't you got to start shooting?" So, uh, I don't think often you want to look off Leo, but uh, you know, luckily we scored so. Um, but, yeah, try to shoot it. Um, you know, I got to play my game as well. And, um, you know, fortunate we uh, we got a couple there.
6: Can you talk about the way the momentum swung in the third period and you guys got those four goals?
9: Yeah. Um, you know, it started with, you know, keeping it simple. It kind of happened yesterday where, um, you know, we just stay composed. And once we got one, then the momentum just continued. You know, guys are hopping over the bench, taking pucks to the net. And, um, you know, it was a great team effort by the guys. And, uh, you know, happy to get the win.
1: That is Warren Fogle after the Oilers with another big third period. Get a 4-3 road win against the New York Rangers. Down 1-0. They uh, went ahead 4-1. The Rangers got a couple late goals, won the latest possible with a tenth of a second left to make it 4-3. Skinner stopped 31 out of 34. Quick stopped 24 out of 28. Remember last year at the Rangers, the Oilers were down 3-0 after two uh, last November and won that game 4-3. Okay, our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers is Thursday, December 28th. At San Jose, 7 o'clock face-off show. Weather's now with Bob Stoffer will be at 5, and the game will start at 8.30. You can get more on this game on globalnews.ca or 630 chedcom Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line, and Merry Christmas.
0: Not talking politics until after dinner. That's a gift we can get behind. Merry Christmas from Reed Wilkins and Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Inside Sports listeners, yes, all 14 of you, it's Kellen Kennedy, your text boy and technical producer of the show, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.